Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, But First Pivot. I'm Danny, registered dietitian, certified sports dietitian, and CEO of Pivot Nutrition Coaching. I'm here to share my all foods fit approach and real life client success stories to inspire you to pivot away from all the fad diet nonsense and confusion. My goal is to simplify nutrition so you can enjoy foods you love like donuts and pizza and still achieve your health, performance, and body composition goals. Hey, everybody. Today, I have a special guest with me, my dietitian friend, Alex Larson. She is a dietitian that specializes in working with endurance athletes, which is the opposite of what I am. Uh, I don't really count my half marathon in 2015, uh, an endurance athlete. But her and I are going to have such a fun chat today because we both work with athletes, but her specialty is endurance. So we're going to go over four most common fueling mistakes seen in endurance athletes. She will be the star of the show. I'm going to chime in here and there. Uh, But Alex, I said you're an endurance dietitian, but anything else you want to add, a little background on yourself, what do people need to know? Yeah, well, I mean, I live in Minnesota, so we're kind of neighbors here. We're totally neighbors. um, I'm an athlete myself. I used to do triathlons extensively. Before I had kids, so I now I'm a mom of two little boys. But um, yeah, that was really what, like, where I felt my calling was when I I did Ironman Wisconsin in 2014, and when I crossed that finish line, I had this like very prolific like, and it's like a core memory now of like, holy shit, if I didn't know what I was doing with my nutrition, this day could have gone really really poorly, and so it just like solidified like how crucial nutrition is and I just felt my calling that I wanted to work with other like to help other athletes with fueling for big races like that so um so yeah in 2018 I started my business Alex Larson Nutrition and it was just kind of a side hustle kind of thing and then in 2021 the year that I met you Danny was when things really took off and now I get to do it full-time and it's just the biggest blessing ever Yes, we kind of started this journey at the same time, and we've kind of just been pacing off of each other and supporting each other through our our journeys as entrepreneurs. But um, when you mentioned that you were an athlete, I know you did the Ironman in 2014, but were you an athlete like in college, in high school? Did you do track? Um, I was a recreational athlete. (laughs) I did sports in high school just as like a social thing. Um, so I did track and field. I was more of a sprinter and I just thought it was so fun to just go run for a few seconds and then hang out with my friends, you know, all day long. Um, I played some soccer, um, but really my big passion as a kid was horseback riding. I did a lot of showing and that was a really big, um, important piece of my life. Um, it's actually where I met my husband and then ironically, he and I have like no interest whatsoever to own horses and show horses <laughs> now as adults. Um, but yeah, when I got into college, it just was too difficult, like financially and time-wise to be involved with horses. So I knew I needed to stay active. And so I had started swimming because uh, I had broken my foot, I think my sophomore year of college. And um, the orthopedic surgeon told me that I would never run again. And I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously that was not true. Proved him wrong. <laughs> yes. And um, so I started swimming um, after that injury and I got really actually pretty good at swimming laps. Um, and so when I graduated college, I knew that I wanted to stay active. 
And there was a local triathlon um, here near Duluth, Minnesota that I was like, I'm going to try to give this a go. And so I trained for it that summer and did it. And um, then two years later, I moved to Winona, Minnesota, which is down in like southeast part of the state. Um, And they have a very big athlete community there and they have a very popular triathlon. And so I was like, well, I've done a triathlon. So I started doing um, those races locally down there and I just got hooked and within a few years I was doing Ironman Wisconsin. Yeah, that's so wild. Um, Well, I'm so excited to kind of dive into our topic for today because we're both athletes, very different kind of athletes. Um, And then we also work with all the hockey players that come my way and send all the Ironman athletes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We have a good mutual, mutual kind of entrepreneur relationship. Um, But I think that both of our athletes struggle with the same things. Like what we're going to go over today, and again, that's the four most common fueling mistakes seen in endurance athletes. I would say it's athletes in general because my hockey players and football players and soccer players, this is this is happening as well. So this is this is definitely an athlete thing and also just active adults. Active adults also have these kind of these things missing. So we're going to dive in. We're going to get going with the number one mistake that we see. Alex, what is it? Yeah, it's hands down under fueling, just not getting enough fuel throughout the day to support your training. And as as endurance athletes, um, I would say because of the pure volume of how much they're like they're training you do require like more energy, more calories in order to support that. And we live in this world of diet culture. It has really strongly influenced us in our mindset around eating and nutrition. And so you have to really view yourself as an athlete and that food is fuel. And you're not just someone that exercises a lot, but also diets. Like, I think that's a really important like mindset shift for people. So hands down, I think, I see with a lot of the athletes, they are under fueling by not just even a couple hundred calories, but like 600, 800, a thousand calories a day. And that makes a huge difference in their athletic performance. It makes a huge difference in their health, in their energy levels throughout the day. Um, I just had a conversation with an athlete yesterday. She had taken my fueling that fits online course. And so we did like a post, she'd finished up the course. So we had a quick call and she had calculated her needs. She's actually um, a swimmer that does more sprinting. And she had a deficit about 600 calories a day on average. And she goes, is this normal? Like, I feel like this is more than more, more than, you know, the average person like, no, this is actually pretty typical, like to see a 600 calorie deficit. I'm like, that's just way too much for someone that's consistently training, you know, over an hour every day, some days you're doing two a day workouts, like that's just too much. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard to progress in your performance and see those like performance adaptations and gains if you're not feeling enough. Definitely. I feel like working with adults and athletes, what I've noticed is that most active people are under fueling and most inactive people are over fueling. Like the sedentary people are eating more than they need and the active people are under fueling. And I think it's both 
intentionally or unintentionally. Because some people, and you've seen this, some people are very active. They're athletes, whether they're younger athletes or they're adult athletes, like, you know, training for marathons, Ironmans. They're trying to improve their body composition, like lose weight, lose fat, while they're training for an Ironman. And I've seen this also with hockey players that will reach out to me mid-season and they're going to be like, Danny, I need to lose weight. And they're in the middle of their college hockey season. And what I have to remind these athletes is that your number one job during your in-season is to perform. Mm-hmm. That's your job. You're, you're in-season. Your job is to perform at your best. The time to focus on body composition is during the off-season, not during the season. Do you see this a lot, Alex? where people are yeah. kind of want yeah. to improve their body comp, but they're also training for a big event. Yeah. And I think the part that's really tough is, you know, if, and I'll use again, Ironman as an example, like it's a huge event to train for. I mean, it is a massive amount of time and energy and money. And like, it's so much work to like get to the starting line alone, just in the training to be like, well, prepared for a huge event like that that when people get done with it, they're like, I just need to take a break. And so then they don't really do much training in their off season because they're just trying to mentally like recover (laughs) or yeah, mentally recover. And they're not actually just shifting how they train. You know, they're not shifting to more of a body composition, you know, exercise plan and not shifting their eating because they just want to take, they just need a break mentally. So that's kind of like the really big struggle about it all is like, you really have to kind of have some sort of, and I hate using even the word balance, but like go into your training with fueling for performance because you're not going to feel that burnout as much as some athletes that are underfueled will, because when athletes are underfueled, they get tired way more often, their performances suffer Um, They usually experience a lot more injuries and sicknesses. Like it's just not as enjoyable of an experience to train for. So then, yeah, when you do cross the finish line, you're like, I need a freaking break because that really sucked. You know, six, nine months of training, it was just brutal that I need a break. And instead of going, yeah, that was, that was excellent. I really enjoyed the experience. And now I want to get stronger and leaner and shift that focus. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's sometimes a really big, Um, shift for people is to periodize periodize your nutrition when you're in season you're fueling for performance when you're off season you're fueling for body comp and strength and then in your preseason you're kind of like shifting into like the new this new level of fueling Mm -hmm. what would you say are maybe your the top two to three signs of under fueling because some people might not know that they're under fueling. So it would be two to three, like very obvious light bulbs for you. Like this person's under fueling. Yeah. I, I see it often in a lot of the athletes that I'll talk with. They're like, I'm exhausted all the time. I'm hung. Like they feel like their hunger is out of control. Like they're, they're like, I'm constantly hungry. I'm constantly craving sugar and sweets in the afternoon. Um, what else do they say? Like, um, my, my workouts don't feel real great. Um, but yeah, the energy levels, that's like the number one thing. They're like, I can barely get through the rest of the day without taking a nap. I'm relying on caffeine. Like, I just don't feel good. I'm like 
kind of struggling with some injuries. Like there's a whole gamut, but those are like the most common ones that I hear. It's like when I, it, it's not like, it's like a broken record. Yeah. It almost feels like with yeah. all these athletes because and it's so common and they're not doing anything wrong. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. And I, I say this a lot about just people in general. Oftentimes we accept feeling exhausted and hungry as normal because mm-hmm. that's that's how it's been for months or years like oh i'm just i'm just always burnt out i'm always exhausted i'm always hungry and this is where we come in we're like yo this is not normal we can fix this and yes. most of these signs of underfueling like feeling exhausted feeling constantly hungry having low energy struggling with recovery these can be pretty quickly fixed with eating enough and eating enough of the right things. Yeah. And I think one major issue, and I kind of mentioned the diet culture thing is they, sometimes they know they're under fueled, but they are so incredibly afraid of gaining weight that they can't get themselves to eat more. And that really is unfortunate. And so it's nice when they can come into the program and we can help them start filling in those gaps in a way that doesn't cause the weight gain and they just feel stronger and they feel like have better energy levels consistently throughout the day. Um, So, I mean, that's where we really can come in and help in alleviating those fears and have them start feeling that difference. And once they do, it's like, Oh, like it's the best feeling from my like standpoint as a dietitian, when they come back, like, I feel like a million bucks and I just ran 16 miles. And I'm like, yes. They're like, I, actually played with my kids. I actually did yard work. I was so productive today and I ran that much this morning. Like that is honestly the biggest reward in the world. Not necessarily even the fact that they're training well, but the fact that they have such a better quality of life. Definitely. It's it's definitely one of my favorite wins as well. But yeah, I see that a lot too. The, the fear of weight gain, like, oh no, Danny, I, I can't eat more because you know, I, I'm already trying to lose weight. I, I can't gain any more weight. And sometimes when we give people enough fuel, there might be temporary weight gain, but usually it kind of falls into place. Once we're fueling enough, things tend to fall into place. Um, but I think yeah, this kind of losing weight. That's yeah. Like the, oh, for sure. That's, that's like my favorite. Yeah. Uh, when I've had like I had a runner last year who he was eating about 1900 calories a day. And I calculated his needs to be about 2800 to 2900. I'm like, you're at like a 1000 calorie deficit. And he had gradually been gaining weight for two years. And I was like, we have to start filling this gap. And within like six weeks, he was like losing a pound, like every 10 to 14 days. I mean, it was like incredible how he's like, how is this even working? I'm like, it, like it just does like it's just a beautiful thing that your body's just like so much happier your your metabolism's coming up like yeah it doesn't need any of that extra because you you know it's got something to work with yeah for sure my clients call this voodoo nutrition voodoo um (laughs) and because uh one of my clients I just posted today that she she's been working with me for a year and when she came in she was at 1400 calories and when we had increased her by 800 calories, she lost 10 pounds. And I have another client, a male, who was a strength and conditioning coach, and he was avoiding carbohydrates, which is going to lead into our next point. Mm-hmm. He was avoiding carbs. He was a strength coach. He was doing his own strength training, so he's always training, moving his body, training other people. And when I gave him more carbs, 
he started losing body fat and looking significantly leaner. So he came in thinking like, oh, I want to weigh this. And then I gave him more calories and more food and he started leaning out. He never hit his goal weight and he doesn't even care because he feels so much better with more carbs and more fuel. That is like one of my, an interesting thing that I've noticed with clients too, is that they come in, I really just feel like I will feel better at this weight. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just see what we can do here. And by the end of, like, by the end of the time that they're done working with me, they're like, I don't even care about my weight anymore. Like, I just love how I feel. And I'm like, that is music to my ears. Cause that's what I want is I want people to just feel good. There's no reason to live your life feeling like crap. Like you, but you got to nourish from within. A hundred percent. There's talk about carbs. I think we should definitely talk about carbs too, because they are a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, just to kind of emphasize your point, there's no better win than someone says, I don't care about my weight anymore because they mm-hmm. just feel better. And that's what I said on my last episode. I believe that there's, there's nothing better than someone saying, I just feel good because at the end of the day, what's the point of weighing X if you don't feel good? It -hmm. just it's just silly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they and they associate a number on the scale as when they will feel good. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like the scale, like F the scale. (laughs) The scale is the devil. Like let's ignore the scale and just focus on how are you feeling? How are your workouts going? How are you sleeping? How, like, are you enjoying the foods you eat? Like, those are the things that truly matter in life. Yeah, like you said, nourish from within. Step one is nourish the body so that we can feel our best and then perform at our best. But we have to come with a, a nourishing mindset. Um, mm-hmm. Let's, But let's talk about carbs because yeah, it's so good. Second, second most common uh, thing I see in endurance athletes is, is so – you have to understand like as an endurance athlete, like carbs are our body's favorite form of fuel. Like it's the preferred source. It is very efficient. Uh, and so when you're not eating enough, your performance is going to suffer. Your energy levels are going to suffer because your body does not have the fuel and energy to perform where you want to. And it all comes down to like muscle glycogen. So how our body stores carbohydrates is in our muscles directly, stores it with glycogen. And so in, if you're going into a workout and you don't have enough glycogen to do that workout, you're going to hit a wall. You're going to, you know, and that's a terrible feeling to have, or you're going to end up just slowing down in order to preserve your energy so that you can finish. So you have to go into the mindset that carbs are your best friend. They give you superpowers as an endurance athlete they are what going to help you finish strong in the last six miles of your marathon or, you know, in that second half of an Ironman marathon, I will say it gets like a war zone out there with people hitting a wall, muscle cramping, you know, throwing up all that jazz, you know, you gotta, you gotta fuel early and you gotta fuel enough with carbs to really support what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Carbs equal energy and carbs are your bestie. They are, they give you superpowers. And so like, if you're planning on running half marathon, marathon, anything, you have to go into the mindset of I've got a few carbs. I mean, of course you can overdo it, but I don't see that too often just because of that fear of like the fear of carbs, the fear of weight gain. So the, with 
with this day and age and the diet culture that's out there, it's not too often that I see people overdoing it on carbs. Yeah. And endurance athletes need significantly more than a power athlete. Yes, power athletes still need carbohydrates, but mm-hmm. endurance athletes, need, they need way more. Way more. Yeah. Especially like around the workout itself, because you're needing to spare that glycogen. You don't want to finish your workout feeling like utter like exhaustion and crap. I think there's this conception of like, oh, if I feel like super tired after my workout, I know it was a good workout. And I'm like, nah, I would disagree. I want you to finish your workout feeling like a million bucks and feeling like I could have gone stronger. I could have gone farther. I like feel really good. Because that plays with your confidence in that you're ready for the next workout. You're ready for it to go harder, to go longer. And when you fuel properly and fuel enough during those workouts, you can have those moments afterwards where you're like, yeah, I'm ready to go next weekend for another couple miles longer. And that is what I think is magical. Yeah. Most performance problems, I would say, are solved with adequate carbs. (laughs) Yes. Um, whether it's adding more carbs before your workout, during your workout, um, even after your workout, especially if you're with, you know, if you're going to do another workout within eight hours, you got to reload those glycogen stores pretty darn quickly. Um, carbs are magical. I mean, I had one of my favorite stories is I had this lady who was a runner for like 25 years. I mean, long-term runner, like ultra distance runner, marathon runner, phenomenal athlete. Um, she was in her forties and she looked like amazing and she, um, but came from a history of like a lot of dieting, um, had a little bit of history of an eating disorder. And so it took me a few months to convince her to consume. I think she was planning like a 16, 18 mile run. And I was like, I want you to eat about 600 calories worth of carbs during this. And we kind of walked through the steps of it. And she was like, what? No way. Am I going to be able to eat all that? Like, I don't need all that. I'm like, can you just humor me? Like, can we just finally give this a go? I just want to see how you feel. And she did that. And she finished, she sent me a message afterward. And she goes, Oh my God, Alex, I have never felt so good after a long run like that. She goes, why have I been suffering this many years? 20 years. Yeah. For 20 years, I have been suffering after these long runs. She goes, I am never going back to the old way. Like I'm sold. like, what's next? I mean, that, that really was profound for her. And she, um, I remember her writing in my Facebook group, like this program was life-changing for me because I learned what I needed to do to properly feel. Yeah. A hundred percent. There's, I love when we just add more carbs and then like everything just magically gets better. Like their mood is better. Their sleep is is significantly better when people have enough carbs. And it's like, and oh, energy levels. And that's the thing too. Like I was talking to someone earlier today, like it's such a vicious cycle when you're not fueling properly and your energy levels suffer. And then you don't have the energy even to want to cook or like prepare meals or plan anything. Like it really is this circle. So you have to like be very intentional about fueling yourself well, getting in those carbs, because then you're going to have the energy to want to continue it. Yeah. I crushed a bagel on the way here to the recording studio because- I need to hit my carbs and I need to have a bagel a day to hit my carb goals. I have for sure a bagel a day. Sometimes a bagel and a half because my two-year-old will have a half in the breakfast. Yeah, I had two yesterday. It's fine. I'll have have the other half. Um, 
they'll sometimes I'll start eating his, his, the other half and he'll be like, mom, I want more bagel. But I'll stop mid-bite. I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah. So speaking of bagels, what, um, what would you say are your favorite fueling carbs? Do you have some that, that you love personally? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely when it comes to like before a workout, um, depending on like how much time I have, I might just do like an applesauce pouch or a little yogurt pouch. Cause again, I'm a mom. I have like lots of snacks in my my pantry. Um, graham crackers are really great too. That like for people that kind of have finicky stomachs, graham crackers, um, usually cause they just kind of like melt in your mouth. And so those ones digest really nice, especially if you're kind of short on time for a morning workout, um, bagels, toast, um, or I'll just do some energy twos um, if I, you know, am really kind of running short on time. And then the rest of the day, uh, rice. I eat a lot of rice. I just love rice. So, so easy. Much. It's so, like it. I'm really into um, like mixing some rice with some smoked salmon and sriracha mayo and a um, little bit of soy sauce and some crackers. Like it's just like the best. All the so carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like a smoked salmon on bagel is, is really good. It always comes back to the bagels. <laughs> and, I have a lot of bagels in my cupboard right now. And yeah. I have to put it out there. PSA, you can eat the whole bagel. You can eat the whole bagel. Yes. Eat the whole bagel. I think that was it's important the- that we really emphasize. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Especially if you're doing like carb loading before a race, you can eat like five bagels in a day. That's, like, that sounds aggressive. Um, it is a little aggressive. But, but that does make me want to mention that sometimes solid foods maybe aren't appealing, especially if someone has an early morning training session. I know what I say to my clients when they have like a 6 a.m. or a 5.30 a.m. like hard workout or training session is if you can't eat it, drink it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Um, like a smooth, a fruit smoothie. I wouldn't do a protein shake before a workout because you're going to. No, more like juice, like even like eight ounces of like juice. Yeah. Yeah. Like like juice, applesauce, um, fruit smoothie. Um, you can do things like, so in my office, my desk, um, is an occupational thing where I have a desk drawer full of like sports fuel. So like you could do like scratch hydration mixes, um, you know, just in your bottle as you're like heading to meet someone for like a group ride or a group run, you know, drinking some of that just to get some carbs in your system. It's just going to make your workout feel so much better, like exponentially better. And your life better. Life is better with carbs. Yes. I feel like that should be my next (laughs) t-shirt. Yes. On the back of my pivot shirt, life is better with carbs. Yeah. Well, my hashtag is team pancake because. Um, yeah, that's I, your oh, thing. Pancakes are my thing for sure. I don't even know why I didn't think about that when you first asked me that question. But um, Friday nights, as always, I make homemade pancakes. Um, on my blog, I have my own pancake recipe because there's a mom and pop uh, restaurant nearby that makes the best pancakes ever. And so for two years, not this, but like year, this was years ago. You begged them for the recipe, years, didn't you? Two years long, I was trying to recreate, like make a dupe recipe of their pancakes. And I have the taste pretty darn close. I don't have the texture quite because theirs is almost like a crepe. Thin, okay. Like, like puffy. But um, I'm pretty sure they use like a liquid butter where I just use like regular butter um, just to get that butter flavor in there. Um, 
But yeah, I have my own pancake recipe. Friday nights, I always make pancakes so that I have them over the weekend for breakfast for the kids. And then I use that as my like pre long run fuel before uh, my Saturday morning run. So um, definitely those are like the top of my list. And I had someone on Instagram months ago that like wrote this really ridiculously nasty message about me suggesting that people eat pancakes. Like, <laughs> like she said, like, what's wrong? With Maybe the they're on team like, waffle. Yeah. I don't know. Like they were on team something like, <laughs> and they were not, they were not my people. So. Who doesn't love pancakes? Um, so I called them out of my series and I was like, I don't know who you are, but you, like, cause they were like, give me a almond milk soaked hemp seeds or something like that. And I was like, what? Like that's <laughs> like the worst thing ever, like barf. So um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I blocked them. And ever since then I've been team pancake. Um, and my, my email newsletter is called the pancake press. So I love like that. Kind of- I love that. I wanted to call Asher, my first dog waffles. And I always said that if I'd get a second one, I would call him or her pancake, but Shane didn't let me call Asher waffles, even though it totally suits him because he he was that toasty, like brown color and just his face is hilarious. But yeah, I always wanted to call my dog waffles. That's a cute name. And then pancakes. I mean, you could just tell your husband, if not your dogs, your your child. Yeah, I'll be I'll be naming the kids in the future. Um, you did mention muscle cramps. Now I know we're kind of going sideways a little bit, but, um, since I know this is a very common problem, what would you say is the most common reason why people have muscle cramps? Is it an electrolyte imbalance? Um, if they're having it during like a long strenuous hot workout, possibly, um, it could be lack of carbs as well, you know, cause carbs do play a role in that, um, also, but with a lot of athletes who have some chronic cramping during their racing, usually we can resolve it with some hydration and electrolyte dialing in. Um, we'll usually do a sweat test, kind of figure out how, many, how much fluids they're losing. Um, if it's someone that has some significant cramping issues, like I had one lady this year that I worked with for, I want to say like 10 months, because she, summer 2021, ended up in the hospital um, during one of her races with acute renal, like acute kidney failure. Oh, wow. um, Because she was so extremely dehydrated and low on electrolytes. And then we finally did, um, we had her like a sweat patch test kit done and she was losing, um, I want to say like 2000 milligrams of sodium an hour. It was really excessive. Like it was really, really high. And so, for her, it was like a huge relief. She figured out why, you know, she ended up in the hospital like she did. Um, but it's, that's definitely higher than most average athletes. Um, Cause some people are just really salty sweaters. And so if that's the case or just really heavy sweaters in general. So if that's the case, you really need to kind of dial in those electrolytes to kind of prevent that. So if you're having chronic cramping issues during your long workouts, I would look at that first. Um, but if you're having like even cramping outside of your workouts, then we might need to look at your recovery and nutrition, which is actually my third. Yes. Topic. Let's dive into number three. It's not prioritizing that recovery nutrition. Um, so due to the nature of endurance athletes training, excessive high volume frequency of training, I consider any other time that you are not training and eating as an opportunity to help your body recover. 
And so that's any of your other meals and snacks. Think of that as that, that food as fuel and helping your body efficiently and effectively recover from your workout and also prepare your body for the next one. And so I do see quite a few athletes that just aren't getting enough protein. And um, again, part of that whole underfueling theme. Um, and so looking at prioritizing protein throughout the day at meals and snacks when they're not training, make sure they're getting enough energy throughout the day to support recovery really can help with um, strengthening and maintaining your muscle mass so you don't experience that cramping. Yeah, recovery recovery with our athletes. It's recover in threes, protein, carbs, fluids, but I think that we also have to add the electrolytes because sometimes water is not adequate. Yeah. Oh yeah. For endurance athletes, I feel like water is there to quench your thirst, but as far as hydration goes, you have to have some electrolytes in it. Otherwise it's just good. I mean, if you're just drinking water, you're basically just telling your body to increase your urine output at that point. So if you're including some electrolytes in it, and also if it's got a good amount of carbs in there too, um, that will really help with fluid retention and help keep you hydrated and um, not set you up for, you know, muscle cramps and, and those types of issues. Yeah. And I think it's important to say as a general education piece that electrolytes are also in our food. I know that <laughs> when I say this, people are like, well, obviously. And some people are like, wait, what? Like they're not just in Gatorade um, because I feel like that's a con like it's just not something that we think about. Um, is that like, hey, electrolytes, it's it's calcium, magnesium, it's sodium. These are in our food. And the reason that we we think about electrolytes as like like, you know, Gatorade and like noon tablets, for example, it's because when we are performing, when when someone is like in a race, they're not going to eat solid food for the most part, unless it's an Ironman and someone like whips out a pizza. Right. Because um, that's a thing. Um, but, you know, during like a typical marathon, like it's it's going to be more like fluids and then like energy chews and things like that but in real yeah. life electrolytes are in the food that we eat yeah I mean when you finish a workout you don't have to have some like fancy you know expensive fuel and protein powder product to consume you could have uh pretzels that are going to get you some sodium you can have like some breakfast potatoes and like um, breakfast hams and eggs and a bagel, you know, you can have your, like those foods are going to offer you a, the nutrition you need, plus some additional bonus nutrition, like electrolytes. Look at chocolate milk would be a great example that hydrates you. It provides you a really nice ratio of protein and carbs. And it's got those electrolytes in there as well. Those, those vitamins and minerals have been shown in research to really support like recovery after your workout. Mm -hmm. Do you have any yeah. favorite electrolyte products that you use during your long runs or races? Yeah. I mean, it will depend on what, if I'm needing um, a good dose of carbs and if I am, then I'll do something like a scratch or a tailwind or the Martin hydration mixes are really popular too, that you just need to make sure with Martin, you um, follow the direction specifically because it's a hydrogel. So you have to use like 500 mils per packet of fluid um, to to get the right um, consistency. Um, 
and then those would be my favorite. And then if I'm just looking for like an electrolyte beverage for like after a workout or just during a shorter workout, that's going to be extra hot and humid. I might do something like, I really like liquid IV. Um, Me too. That one's pretty, pretty good. I like them a lot. Um, that element it's spelled LMNT has a thousand milligrams of sodium. I've tried it before. Um, I don't know if I quite had enough fluids in it because it just was so strong. So salty. Uh, yeah, it was, it was just, well, and like just really the flavor was just so intense. Like my taste buds were just like, I can't handle you. Um, but I know a lot of people that really like that, but there's no carbs in that one, um, which I wish they, I wish they just did a little bit of carbs in that one because again, it just helps with fluid absorption. Yeah. That's why I like the liquid IV. I think there's 10 grams of carbs in there. I've got a packet right here. This is is why it's so handy to have a little drawer full of all sorts of fuel. Um, yeah, it has 11 grams of carbs per packet. So carbs are your friend. Carbs are your friend. So many different roles that carbs play. And I think it's important to to re-emphasize that if you're going to use a gel to follow directions. Mm, Yes, 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 please. And with, you know, if you're going to use an energy gel, um, with the exception of Morton. Morton, you can take on an empty stomach. You don't have to really chase it with fluids. But with a regular gel, if you're fueling with that during your run, you'll want to take some fluids with that because that concentrated source of sugar in your stomach cannot really sit always well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, because we have people listening that are probably endurance athletes and then we might have just, you know, people that exercise. So when it comes to recovery nutrition, um, you know, timing can be more important in certain situations, right? Uh, And consistency too. Like it's not just within that hour after the workout. I mean, that's, our body is primed to start recovery after, like right after the workout. Like it's ready to go. It's ready to refuel, but it's also supplying a consistent amount throughout the rest of the day. Um, So I I have an athlete right now. She's actually um, like a, like a mountaineer climber. Like she does a little bit of like ultra distance running racing Um, but she was her, honestly, her saving grace was she always had a really good breakfast and then she'd train all day and then she wouldn't really fuel well the rest of the day. (laughs) Like she wouldn't eat like a good lunch or a dinner and she would just kind of snack on like candy or whatever. And now that we've got her eating consistent meals, she goes, I feel exponentially better. Like my mood and my energy levels the rest of the day, she goes, like, how is this working? So I'm like, it's because you're, you're supplying that recovery throughout the rest of the day when you're normally like your body's kind of behind on nutrition because of that big training you did and now you're catching it back up you're supporting that recovery throughout the day it's not just recover within the hour afterwards it's recovering the whole rest of the day until you fall asleep it's the voodoo <laughs> back to the voodoo you can even have a bedtime snack of like carbs and protein like a cereal and milk or a protein smoothie or a yogurt parfait at bedtime to use that fuel app overnight to support recovery Exactly. It's not just about fueling before and after workouts or training sessions. It's about fueling throughout the day. And when, you know, your client was like, how is this happening? How do I feel so good? Nutrition voodoo, fuel your body. Like just it's, it's <laughs> voodoo. Like, I, know the science. It's like, well, I, can, I, can, I guess I can explain the science, but you just have to like, 
it just, it's we, just we don't need to get scientific um <laughs> but yeah after after a hard or long training session something is better than nothing always mm-hmm. um yeah. and really trying to get protein carbs fluids and electrolytes as soon as possible, especially if there's another training session in the same day. If there's just one training session, recovery nutrition, ASAP, but that is even more important if someone has a morning workout and then they have an afternoon or a PM workout, which is typical with the people you work with because they might swim in the morning and they might do another training session at night. So this is kind of like with my athletes, lots of you know, hockey players, they might have a lift at 6 a.m., but then they might have a practice like at 5 p.m. So on those days where we have two a days, that recovery nutrition after the first training session is so important. It is like it has to be your top priority for sure. As soon as you get done working out, you need to be taking in foods. If you're not hungry, that's OK. I get it. But drink. Yep. Drink, drink it. Something, sip something. Um, if you have to like bring snacks throughout the day, like you gotta get it in because your afternoon workout is going to suffer greatly if you don't. Mm -hmm. Yep. PCFE (laughs) ASAP protein, carbs, (laughs) fluids, electrolytes. We're just making things up now. It's fine. Um, (laughs) let's move on to our final point. What's another Mm. fueling mistake that we see? Yes, I see a lot of athletes, and again, this kind of comes down to this mentality of you need to earn the food that you eat, and I see athletes that feel like they need to eat less on rest days because they didn't work out, so they didn't earn the right to eat more fuel, which is actually kind of the opposite mentality of what I would like them to think. So as endurance athletes, uh, exercise will suppress our appetite. Right. And so we often might not eat as much as we should. And so on rest days, what, what happens commonly is that um, athletes will notice like, I'm so hungry on my rest days and I'm like fighting my hunger. I don't know what to do. Like I didn't work out. Why am I so hungry? And I'm like, Oh, that's because your body's trying to play catch up that, that your, your hunger's kind of kicking back in your body's like, Oh yeah, let's catch back up and get fully recovered so that you're ready to go the next day and feel like a million bucks. You got fresh legs, fresh arms, you're ready to go. So that's really where um, we want people to think of rest days as listen to your body. If you're hungry, please honor it and please fuel it. You don't need to try and fight it and eat less on rest days. It's not a matter of like calories burned, calories earned. It's a matter of you really have to think of food as fuel and recover properly. Definitely. It's I think I said this a few episodes ago, like, you're not a dog. You don't have to earn your food. (laughs) Yes. If you're hungry, honor your hunger. And I feel like I need to say that five times because so often people have their goals in mind and they're like, I'm hungry, but I can't eat because I'm trying to achieve X, Y, Z. But especially for very active individuals, if you're hungry, you have full permission to eat. Yeah. I mean, I they, you kind of question like, oh my gosh, I just ate. How can I possibly be hungry again? Well, when you look at it, and so this is what the beautiful thing about, you know, working with a dietitian is that we can look at, well, what did you eat the day before? What did you do for training this week? What else did, was going on? And once they understand why they're more hungry, they're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that or considered that. 
like, well, you did, you know, an eight hour bike ride on Saturday and now it's Monday, your rest day. And you really didn't eat enough Saturday, you know, Saturday evening and Sunday. So now your body's like, hello, I need to catch up. So there's, you have to trust your body. It really is very smart in what you need. And then you just need to be smart to listen to it and offer it the fuel that it needs. I was just going to say, our bodies are so smart. Usually they're, it's telling us what we need and we ignore it for whatever reason. You know, the fear of weight gain or, you know, maybe just not not knowing what to do. And that's where we're like, here's what we need to do and here's why. Um, but yeah. I I like that you mentioned that exercise suppresses appetite. I think people know that or don't realize it. Um, which is why we say if you can't eat it, drink it. But when it comes to fueling athletes, it's not we can't always just rely on physical hunger. This mm -hmm. is where practical hunger comes in. Like, hey, if I have a game, for example, most athletes have like games or matches. If I have a game in three hours, I'm not hungry, but I still need to eat. I still need to fuel for that game and for the endurance athlete because appetite is so suppressed with how much activity they do, we cannot rely on physical hunger. We have to use our brains and be like, okay, should I fuel? Yes. Yes is usually the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Because that whole intuitive eating trend is very prevalent right now. And I think it's great. But as athletes, you need to kind of blend your intuitive eating with your intentional eating. And like, uh, I have a, I have an athlete who works, um, you know, at a hospital. She said, I always have my 15 minute break for a snack at 2 PM, but I'm not really hungry then. So I sometimes don't eat anything. And then I always get hungry at like three o'clock when I'm in the middle of a case and I'm busy and I can't eat anything. And so then by the time I get done with work at six, seven o'clock, I'm starving and like trying to ferociously like savage mode or stopping somewhere on her, on her commute home. And I'm like, okay, I don't care if you're hungry or not. I want you to eat a 2 PM snack. When it's your break, I want you to use snack, even if you're not hungry, because you might not be hungry then, but you're going to be hungry an hour and you can't eat then. So this is where we have to be intentional and kind of be smart about when and how you're feeling. So yeah, if you have a game or a workout in the afternoon and it's two o'clock and you're going to work out in a couple hours, have some carbs, have a little bit of protein, support and fuel your body so you can go in and have a great workout. Yeah, it's important to be intentional. And like I mentioned, I was eating a bagel on the way here. I was not hungry, but I had some cottage cheese when I was at home because I'm not going to drive and eat cottage cheese. But, you know, I knew that I would be at the recording studio for at least 90 minutes with coming in early and prepping and doing some editing after. So I'm like, OK, I'm not hungry, but I'm not going to be home for the next 90 minutes. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to be on a discovery call. So it was like it was a now or never situation because otherwise I would be standing here feeling hungry and not being able to do anything about it besides probably eating the donuts in the break room that are not mine. And that would just make me hungrier because hashtag naked carbs. So that's why I had cottage cheese. Before yeah, I left the house. Look at your schedule and be strategic about when and how you're going to eat. Yeah, we have poor planning leads to poor choices. It takes some practice. You know, you're not going to be perfect at it, but you might make, mis make mistakes and that's okay. Like the most important thing is that you learn from them and just progressively get better. Failure is feedback. Failure is feedback. It's feedback. Yes. I love it. Yes. Yes. That's the four most common fueling mistakes seen in endurance athletes. Alex, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave our listeners with? 
Yeah, I think that food is fuel and you don't have to earn the right to eat more and that your body is smarter than you think. Like, hands down, those are my, my key points. Listen to your body, everybody. Carbs are your best friend. Eating enough is often the solution to your symptoms and problems. Yes, I love it. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Alex. I will put your website in the show notes so that people can find you if they need help fueling for their upcoming events. And to everybody else, thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the channel and share with one friend who would benefit from this message. Need help with your nutrition? Find me on Instagram at DannyVRD or visit our website, pivotnutritioncoaching.com. Thanks for listening.